0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, Welcome to our webinar today on alcohol to go compliance. Uh, We're going to give folks just a couple more seconds to get into the room here and then we'll go ahead and get started. All right, it looks like we got a good group in the room today. So, again, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, this is the uh, Alcohol to Go Compliance webinar um, being put on by the Washington Hospitality Association. Uh, welcome again, everyone. I'm Andy McVicker. I'm on the communications team here at the association. Uh, Co piloting with me in the background is uh, Lisa Leinberger, who will help uh, be uh, facilitating the questions and uh, helping with other uh, resources today. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, uh, Payment Solutions, uh, for sponsoring this webinar. If you have any uh, questions, or if you have any questions or um, curious about the Payment Solutions program, Lisa will put a link uh, to that program in the in the chat, and you can learn more about that great program. Uh, the temporary alcohol to go rules have been a lifesaver for uh, many businesses during the pandemic, and we want to make sure that our members understand the rules. Uh, related to alcohol to go compliance and are submitting the correct endorsements in order to be able to Uh, to to offer this service to their customers. So that is what today's webinar is all about. We're going to go ahead and get that started here in just a second, but a couple of quick housekeeping items. Just a reminder, this webinar is being recorded. Uh, We are going to post it to our website and our YouTube channel uh, later on today. So if you have to cut out a little bit early or you missed something, uh, you're welcome to watch the replay on our website and our YouTube channel. Uh, again, we're going to have uh, plenty of time for questions and answers at today's webinar. So uh, feel free to use the Q&A feature uh, down below on the, in the Zoom panel there, and we'll get to as many questions as we possibly can. Uh, if we do not get to your question for some reason, if we run out of time or we have too many, uh, we're going to capture all of them and again, post them to our website along with the answers uh, later on today. Uh, normally today we would have uh, a couple members from our uh, government affairs team, uh, uh Gordon or Samantha Latterback, uh on today's call. They are unfortunately, um, well, they're they're at a, a board meeting. They're off site today, so they can't uh, can't be with us today. Uh, but if we have any questions um, come in that are that would be more appropriate for Samantha or Julia to answer, uh, Lisa and I will go ahead and pass that along to them, and we'll make sure that they reach out uh, to you with a. Uh, with uh, with their responses, uh, so with that, I'm going to turn it over today to our guests. We have three uh, three guests from the Liquor and Cannabis Board today. Uh, we have Je- uh, Jennifer Zube uh, from the LCB. We have uh, Caitlin Bamba and Beth Lehman. Uh, Beth, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you to get us started.
1: Thank you, Andy. I am going to share my screen here and get a presentation up. Can everybody see that?
0: Great. Yep, I can see it, yep.
1: Perfect. Okay, so um, as Andy already introduced, my name is Beth Lehman. I'm the customer service manager with the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board. It's my team that actually processes these endorsements or all of your endorsements. If you're already licensed, if you're getting a new license that goes through our liquor investigator unit, but if you already have one and you're on this call that you'll probably deal with my group. Um, I'm going to let Caitlin tell you a little bit about herself and Jennifer as well. Caitlin, go ahead.
2: Good morning, Caitlin Bomba. I'm the senior policy and education manager in the licensing division. Happy to be here.
3: I'm Jennifer Zubay. I'm the captain in um, uh, enforcement and I oversee the Seattle and South King County area. Thank you.
1: Thanks. So we're here today to talk about the new temporary endorsements that were implemented with House Bill 1480. This of course was created um, to mitigate the impact of the coronavirus pandemic and continue doing um, what you were allowed to do during um, the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic. Um, Right now, this bill is um, requiring that you actually apply for these endorsements though, you were allowed to do it during the pandemic without endorsements, but now um, we need you to apply for those and there's no fee associated with those. So that's great. There, it's just a one page um, application that you actually email to us. Um, and it allows certain licensees to continue to engage in the curbside takeout, delivery, the cocktails, and the wine to go, as well as the gr- um, growlers. Uh, however, this bill does expire on July 1st, two tw- um, 2023, um, barring that there's no l- other legislation that continues um the endorsements um so the three endorsements that were created were the factory sealed bottles cans and kegs so those are all things that are sealed by the manufacturer that you sell at your location you're able to sell to go with that endorsement the second endorsement was the pre-mixed cocktails and the wine drinks and the wine to go so that's cocktails that are created wine drinks and wine just wine to go And the Growlers, we're gonna talk a little bit more about all three of these endorsements as we go through this. Um, But the Growlers to go um, also was created. That's the third endorsement. And that allows certain licensees to sell Growlers. So we're gonna first talk about the factory sealed bottles, cans, and kegs endorsements. And um, I apologize for not saying this in the beginning, but if you have questions, you can ask those at the end or you can put them in the chat and we'll try to get those for you but we'll go through the um, presentation and then answer questions. Um, So the first endorsement, factory-sealed bottles, cans, and kegs endorsement. Um, With this endorsement, the products must be enclosed in a bag, box, or other package. The package must be marked contains alcohol for persons 21 and over. Um, We've seen other things being done instead of writing on these bags. Jennifer, you want to talk a little bit about what we've seen there?
3: Yeah, I'm going to touch more on it later, but um, I rarely see this on the bags and we're going to talk about stats on that because it's really not happening. So,
1: Okay, thank you. So you also need to remember for these, the delivery must be made by a person who is 21 and older. Um, It can be a third-party provider um provided that you have approval from us already at the lcb for that third party to deliver um, the the factory sealed bottles we also have a link here and we'll be sharing this presentation with you um the link is for the required signs because you are required to post a sign like you are for your firearms or your fsa um same signage um this requires same thing you need to hang the sign, and we have an example of that in a bit. Um, This factory-sealed bottles, cans, and cakes endorsement is only good for the licensees that we've listed here below. Um, Remember that uh, breweries, distilleries, wineries, they actually already have the ability to sell this um, to go from their premises, so they're not actually held to Um, having to mark the bags for 21 and over so if you're out there in the in the um, crowd today listening to this and you're a brewery winery distillery we understand you don't do that and you don't have to because you already can Uh, third party delivery approval as we said third parties can deliver the manufactured sealed bottles only Um, But we have some things that we need to make sure that are in compliance, and that's why we need to do the approval at the LCB um, before you're able to use a third party delivery service. And so we need to see the contracts from these folks and you the licensee. Um, We have been, as I'm sure you all know, been having some issues with getting into compliance these third party folks as far as what they're charging. And so you just need to make sure that the sales are being ran through your POS and they're processed by the licensee or your direct employee. Um, the contractor can only be paid a flat fee. You cannot um, create a contract with these third party folks and have it be a percentage of the sales. The orders and payments, as I said, must be fully processed. Oh, sorry, this part, it must be fully processed before the alcohol leaves the licensed business. So you need to make sure that transaction is fully processed before the alcohol leaves and it's done through your POS system. in order to get this approval, you need to fill out the added activity form. And again, you'll get this presentation. We have a link um, here. Once completed, um, you're going to email that to the liquor alterations at lcb.wa.gov um, email address and attach a copy of your contract as well so that we're able to approve it. And we don't have to reach out to you and ask you for that contract again. So make sure that you're sending everything to that liquor alterations email and um we can take a look at the contract and make sure that it's compliant and then you will get approval from us and, and then you'll be able to use that third party. So excuse me. <clears throat> Premix cocktails <clears throat> in the wine to go endorsement. Um the requirements for this is that there's food involved. So there needs to be food sold with the cocktails and the cocktails can't contain any more than three ounces of spirits. So um if you're a spirit beer, wine restaurant you're going to sell a complete meal with a cocktail that has no more than three ounces of spirits if you're a beer wine restaurant you're going to sell um one of your food approved food items um with the alcohol as well with the wine sorry so if you're a beer wine restaurant obviously you're only doing the wine drinks or the wine to go and if you're a spirit beer, wine restaurant you can do the cocktails wine drinks and wine to go they must be packaging containers that are sealed in a manner designated to prevent consumption so as i'm sure for those of you who are already doing this you've been down this road with us and you need to make sure that you are um sealing um that those containers are sealed and they meet our um our requirements as far as you can't puncture a hole in it it can't look like it was it was being consumed or that it was open in any way And it needs to be, as it says, um, down a little bit farther, they need to be placed in the trunk of a vehicle or beyond immediate reach of the driver and any passengers. So the passenger can't hold the drinks. They need to be far away from anybody in the car. Also can't be ice in those drinks. Ice can be sold on on the side, but there cannot be ice in the cocktails. And delivery must be made of these by your employees only. They cannot be made by a third party um provider at all it has to be one of your employees and there's also um required signage that is um required with this if you carry this endorsement you must have the required signs and again as we say up here because we only call out the spirits beer wine and the beer wine restaurants these are the only licensees who can get the endorsement for the pre-mixed cocktails Uh, Growler endorsements, so the growlers must be filled at the tap by the licensee at the time of sale, except for beer wine specialty shops and breweries, so those are allowed to fill the growlers and have them sit overnight for sale, Um, the the growlers must meet TTB federal requirements.
3: just to touch bases on that, the TTB requirements, that's all about the labeling. So if your growler is labeled, this really applies to breweries and microbreweries, then they don't need to be poured out and stuff. So thank you.
1: And the delivery must be made by the employee of the licensed premise. So just like the cocktails, you have to have your employee deliver these growlers. If if you're Um, doing the growlers you cannot have that third party do it again there's required signage with this endorsement as well and this endorsement is only for um uh grocery stores hotels beer wine restaurants spirits beer wine restaurants specialty shops taverns breweries wineries and additional winery additional locations The application for this temporary endorsement, as I said, is real simple. It's a one page application that you can find on our website. There's no fee for any of these and the processing time for these are really short. We say approximately 14 days or less and it's normally done in a week or less just because there's no local authority requirement for these. So we can um, take a look at the application and process as we receive them so um, don't be afraid that there's going to be any other paperwork or it's going to be a long process because it's not just go ahead and fill this out as soon as you can if you haven't yet and make sure that you get it in Um, the licensing resources that we provided um, gives information on our website for all these links and um, we also have a great comparison chart that um, tells you um, what license what license um, can carry what endorsements. You can also reach out to us at the customer service number between 8 and 5 p.m. And if you have any questions on that endorsement or you need help finding it, um, be sure to give us a call. And then I'm going to hand it over to
3: Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I just wanted to talk about what we're seeing out in the field from the enforcement point of view. Um, So I'm really titled it Delivery Compliance Checks Overview because that's really um, a lot of what we're seeing out there. So um, as maybe you're not aware, but um, we do do have an independent um, study on the impacts of this Bill and the endorsements, the temporary endorsements. So we will be providing some information for that. So I just kind of want to let you know what's been going on out there. So um, when it comes to delivery compliance checks, we sent out on Listserv um, back in September that we're gonna be starting to do these. Um, if you're not on Listserv, please sign up. There's a lot of information that gets sent out on that. Um, and then we followed up with some newsletters so that you can see some results in January. Um, the re- results weren't that great, um, but we wanted to give you guys a heads up. Um, I'm gonna talk a little bit about results in the last couple months, but you can find them on our newsletters in our Liquor Board archive. Um, In April, we did see compliance rates declining, um, meaning there are more sales to minors. Um, We are gonna talk about that. And then the use of third parties, there's a newsletter on that. I am gonna go over third party um, contract, not contracts, but what we're seeing in the field. Beth, I don't have access to the screen if you wanna move that forward. Sorry, I was trying to. I was okay. on <laughs> Thanks. So here's <laughs> our compliance rates. And these are the compliance rates for just the delivery com- um, compliance checks. And just to give you um, comparison, the the regular compliance checks that we do at the, the locations, at the grocery stores or at the restaurants are about 80%. Um, normally, they were up to about 86, but they are down. And that's why we wrote a newsletter because it is all around, it could be just coming out of the the pandemic that we're doing more um, compliance rates than we were. Obviously we took a sabbatical, if you will, for about a year and a half, Um, but now we're we're up and starting again. So um, here's your compliance rates. Back when we first started in September, it was pretty low, 37% was the compliance rate. Um, I think word got out, so we started to increase and in April it did drop again. Um, to 59. So just so you know where we're standing um, correctly or or where we're standing with the compliance rate. So we have an opportunity to fix this. So um, through this educational effort, hopefully, because I don't want to send these reports to that study. So let's go ahead and work on um, some improvement. And hopefully some of the trends I'm going to share with you will help you. So, the trends. Um, a lot of people do not have the proper endorsements. Um, so, I'm just going to give you some background. In uh, April and May, I'm just grabbing some stats from those. We had 11 out of 18 sales um, in the last two months. So, just to give you a figure that, again, we're below 50% compliance rates so and the only reason i'm giving you those numbers is because as we talk about the proper endorsements i would say six of those may uh did not have the endorsements that they were supposed to now we are doing compliance checks on the grocery store deliveries and stuff so these are six of the on-premises um, so that, you know, they don't have the endorsement. So we are working with you guys on getting those. We don't issue a ticket right away because you don't have the endorsement. We do ask you to get it and we do give you a timeline for that though. So just, um, so you're aware of that. Uh, companies are continuing to deliver the prohibitive bottle sizes. You get the minis. Um, so we don't get the uh, full bottles like we used to. Please keep in mind, we did rescind the previous um, temporary um, privileges uh when we when we approved uh these whacks yeah
1: jennifer can i interrupt i'm sorry real quick because i did not thank you for calling me out on that the <laughs> mini bottles you can sell the mini bottles with the uh, cocktails to go endorsement so you were uh, Um, In 1480 in House Bill 1480 they wrote an allowance for spirits beer wine licensees to continue selling the cocktail kits that contain the mini bottles only, but you have to have that endorsement and they have to be manufactured sealed and I apologize that I forgot that in the second
3: endorsement for cocktails to go and now Jennifer you can continue. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Um,
3: no, that's all right. That's all right. So I just wanted to let you know, companies are still doing this. So um, again, we we are educating you. Um, please keep it down to the, the simple minis, if you will, with your kit. Um, do not have appropriate labels on the outside of bags. I know Beth touched on this earlier. A lot of people are doing the receipts on there. That's not sufficient. We are very clear that you must have the markings of um, what the what was the contains alcohol for persons 21 and over so please keep that in mind we you know lucky for me um i I had the opportunity to work on two of these compliance checks with my team and i can't think uh, that i actually even saw one but um just so you know what we have documented is about nine out of 11 of the sales that we've done in the last two months did not have labels so some of the other regions may have had them but um Just so you know, Um, so please stickers are sufficient writing on it in a black pen or blue pen. I guess I don't care what color pen is just as long as it's legible. Um, So kind of keep that in mind. Um, Delivery drivers, not checking the IDs. Um, A lot of these drivers, we are going to talk about third party, but a lot of these drivers are from third parties. And I think to myself, you're delivering alcohol and sometimes it's that we're used in. Um, underage operatives uh, to go get the alcohol. Sometimes it's not even in their names and DoorDash or somebody is handing it to them. Anyways, um, not even checking the IDs. Um, Whether they know or not, there's alcohol in there. We don't know. Um, Some say, yes, I knew. Some say they didn't. Um, But some will check the ID and sell it or deliver it anyways. Okay, here you go. Um, So kind of keep that in mind. We find that in routine compliance checks um, just kind of going through the motions anyways. So uh, make sure you're training your employees how to read those, even in the field. I know it's a different environment for them, but they they need to stay consistent on that. Um, obtaining signatures. Um, I'm not, we're not seeing a lot of people um, obtaining signatures. I know that when we did our first round um, in Seattle, people did have iPads. And so the, the, the kids were... Um, Signing on the iPad, so it was an electronic signature, so that's great. Because remember, as the licensee, you're responsible for keeping all those records. So keep that um, in mind. So I don't know how you're going to do it, how they're going to return it back to you. So maybe an iPad, um, the electric si- si- electronic signatures is the only thing I can think, but I'm not a business person. I'm just trying to um, think if you're using that third party, how you're going to uh, maneuver that.
0: And, and Jennifer, if you don't mind, just a, a point that we're trying to underscore here um, is that when businesses use third parties to to deliver alcohol and there is a violation, the liability is on the licensee, yes. right, the business owner. And so that's, so that's, yep. that's a, a point that we continue to try to emphasize and just wanted to make sure that that's mentioned again here. That. Yeah,
3: I put that down at the end because I wanted okay. to talk really uh, strong about that. because
0: okay. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. Sorry. Go you ahead. <laughs> are, no, that's okay.
3: I appreciate it. I don't think we can say that um, too many times. So I think that is important. So um, delivered by third-party companies. Um, so here is one of the things we had of the compliance checks that failed. Eleven. Remember, we had 11 out of 18 that failed. 11 of them were from these third-party companies. So I I want that to resonate home with you guys. Um, the third parties did fail. Now I will tell you some third parties passed as well. So, um, but I just want you to know the 11 of the 11 had failed, uh, were third party deliveries. And one of the things that, um, as Andy mentioned earlier, Uh, they don't hold a liquor license. They may go through us and we might approve their contract. Does not mean that's an approved contract that we're going to allow you to do something. So you have hired these people to do you, to do something for you. So they're kind of acting as your employees. So keep that in mind. um, You know, everything they do, you're responsible for Um, third-party companies. They don't have alcohol training like, like you guys have. So they're really, inexperienced when they go out there. They don't know how to read an ID. You know, I know we think it's easy and stuff like it, but you know, when it gets to that 21, 22 age group, you have to pause and think. I don't know about you, but I do. Um, But anyway, so they, they really do lack that training that you guys are required to have. Um, and then they are limited to what they deliver. So if, when we talk about manufactured product, if you sell multiple items, manufactured and growlers, you can't put, throw it in one bag and send them out, or, you know, you're just so used to door dashing it and they're, they're grabbing it and going, and they're now in another violation of, we had a third party deliver growlers, you know, so we don't want that to occur. So kind of keep those things in mind. Um. Again, I we put the it's a bullet that stands by itself. You are accountable for the delivery. As soon as they pick it up, I don't care what they do with that. You're accountable for that, and so that's a tough one. We've had, um, um, and I I see how there's such a benefit and there's um, to using these third-party de- deliveries, and maybe with the stats that we're going to prove that maybe you guys are going to go to legislation and say, hey, we want we want the third-party companies to be uh, licensed somehow so that there's some accountability off you guys, but at this point in time, um, you guys will be responsible for that. Um, let's talk about violations real fast. I don't have another slide, Beth, so don't move forward. Oh, um uh, <laughs> So I just want to say, we are really trying to work hard with you guys. I will say when it comes to minors, though, Oh, when it comes to minors, we are not... Um, that's not something that we're not writing a ticket to. So if a sale does occur to a minor, you may get an ADN. Um, with that, the DoorDash drivers, and I'm sorry if I keep referring to DoorDash, it's just easier to say, so grab <laughs> The drivers w- um, risk getting a criminal citation on that. So there is some consequences to them, but with the licensees, you will be getting a um, violation for minors. Um, But with the other stuff, we're trying to work with you on, oh, you forgot to label, we're going to educate you. We may document it, so you might get a warning for that or notice to correct if it can be, but um, we will be documenting that. But most of the time, you're not going to see some really strong tickets for, unless we've talked with you like three times before, and it's like, okay, you're not getting it, you might get it might get an AD in but um, for the most part, we're willing to work with you. So please reach out to your your officers if you need training on anything, or if you need um, more communication on these to-go endorsements, we're happy to talk to you about that. But that's all I've got.
1: Do we have questions? or Are you keeping up in chat, Caitlin, it looks like?
2: Oh, I think we still have a couple questions we haven't gotten to. Andy, do you want me to read those? Or how do you want to do
0: that? Sure. Yeah, feel free. Yep.
2: Okay, if I can. I'm trying to find them here, so I apologize.
1: So did you answer the one about the drive-through?
2: No. Did you want to take that one, Beth?
1: yeah so we don't allow alcohol through drive-through windows at all so you if you have a drive-through window in your establishment it can never be used for alcohol so make sure that you're not doing them please
2: and then they, would, a... need... Oh, they would need sorry
1: to... i was just going to say yes they would need to come into your establishment go ahead Kaylin.
2: We have a question from David, and this is regarding the signature piece that you're referring to, Jennifer. What do we need them to sign? And then sort of a follow up, are they signing a special form or a receipt or a blank page? Do we need to keep a book of signatures or does it need to include any other information?
3: Great question. So it's really up to you to develop how you want to do this. I would suggest just signing the receipt and you need to keep a copy of that. So just signing a blank piece of paper and have it floating around doesn't really tell us a whole lot. So, um, yeah, it would, I would just have them sign the receipts. Um, and, and I, you know, as a matter of fact, we've had some sign receipts, uh, uh, sign that iPad that I talked about, and I never, went back to look to see what that iPad looked like. So uh, maybe on the next one, I'll take a look at that.
2: And then it looks like I have a question from Russell, do growlers, crawlers have to be sold with food? The answer to that would be no, they do not have to be sold with food. And some places have a canning mechanism for tap beer. Does that fall under factory seat factory sealed container rule? Jennifer, you want to take that?
3: I think that falls under the crowler rule. Right? I mean, I I believe that's a crowler. So that's one of the things that we've talked about was the crowlers. The manufacturers, um, actually now that I'm convinced as I'm talking about, when we talk about manufacturer sealed, it came from the manufacturer that way. So if you're in there pouring your own, um, it's a crawler. I see on here that um, David was talking about wineries using DoorDash. They were told to put the container alcohol stickers on the bags. Um, I think that's a recommendation because so that they know um, even though if I go to a winery and I'm picking up alcohol I would think I would know that you know I'm at a winery that it's alcohol but I think that's more of a recommendation than a requirement.
2: We have a question from Chris if we have the third party deliver acknowledge their responsibility to check ID at delivery when they pick up the food from the restaurant do we at least avoid a violation ticket?
3: no unfortunately not it goes back to now if there's any civil matters you could that could be something for your attorney on that but um as far as the liquor cannabis board is concerned you are the licensee and we're going to hold now will that help in a in an informal hearing or hearing I don't know that's a that's something you have to do but um yeah unfortunately them acknowledging the risk is not um going to waive anything for you
2: Another question for you, Jennifer, does the delivery driver have to record ID info to verify 21 and over?
3: They do not. They do not. They just um, need to verify the person's over 21. What requirements you guys put on them is something different, but we do not require the recording or a photo of the ID. Which we there. do see often, by the way, I'm sorry, we do see that often when you're signing up for DoorDash delivery. They're saying, hey, take a picture of of the idea or something. And so. um...
2: Question from Eric, we sell meal packages for two at our restaurant, which would allow two, three ounce cocktails. Is this allowed to be served as a double six ounce in one container? I, Jennifer, I don't
1: think so. I think it's three ounces per drink.
3: I think it is too. Yes. I'd have to look right here. That's where I think the minis would come in really useful. Can sell three ounces of spirits in a complete meal. Yeah.
2: Follow up to Eric. So six ounce in total. And so it's three ounces per complete meal is yeah. the maximum.
3: And we're pouring all of that in one container. That's the question. Yeah, that's yeah. the question. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. I'd have to take that back to the team, but it does. I mean, the, the verbiage does you, you, you've stated at Caitlin may sell up to three ounces of spirits per complete yes. meal. So that's a good question. We would have to, I don't want to say no right away, but I would have to look into that. If there needs to be clarity, we can send that out to to Andy yep. or Samantha or somebody.
0: Yep, yep. If yeah, if you send that my way, I'll make sure it gets up on our website now to our membership. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you.
1: And then the signage, we have links on the I mean, I can share my screen real quick if people want to see what that sign looks like, but it is in the presentation. So, um Let me just share it real quick.
0: Oops. Um, while you're pulling that up i I, there was a there was a kind of a oh never mind go ahead
1: it's this right here it's this picture oops sorry right here that's going to be the sign that's um and you it's is it on our website i don't think it's on our required website on signage yet jennifer
2: i could be wrong though
3: Uh, i would hope so i would have to
2: Yep, but, it's on our website and um, if you go into the door endorsements and we'll share this slide deck as well with everyone so you can actually click on the links there it will take you right to the sign that you need.
3: Thank you, Caitlin. I swore I asked them to put that on right before we <laughs> did some training for our staff.
0: We'll add that link to our website as well. Send it.
3: Yeah, so it's right here.
1: I can also share this.
0: Um, there was a, a second part of Chris's question a little bit earlier about uh, following up with uh, third party drivers, uh, he says, we don't have follow up contact with third party drivers we don't get receipts back um, from the third party drivers so if the third parties are required to collect signatures. Um, how do those get back to the establishment or is that on the operator to figure out. That
3: is unfortunate because that it, we're not telling them how to get that back but yeah it is okay. on the operator. And that's another hiccup that that you might be facing as you're um, deciding how you're gonna do these third parties.
2: I have a couple more questions, one from Marshall. Can I sell tap wine in a growler or similar sealed container?
1: Yeah, Jennifer, I know that we're all silent on this because I know this has been a question in the past. Um, I am going
3: to defer it to you. I'm sorry, can you repeat the question?
1: Whining growlers.
3: Um, I actually think they can do those now, correct? Huh. And it looks like that's another one we'll have to get back to you. I don't have, because I'm on screen, I can't pull up my um, information but that is something that we definitely will get back to you on. Sounds good. Maybe if somebody, there's a winery in the, in the audience, maybe they have the answer at their, their fingertips.
1: Yeah, for some reason, I just thought it was wineries that could do that, but I will have to look into it.
2: Okay. Oh. Then another question. Complete meal is just an entree, question mark. Yes, if it's, a, if
1: it's one of your approved entrees on your menu that we approve, then that is what we consider a complete meal for a Spirits Bear Wine restaurant. We
2: have another question from Marshall. Can a customer order multiple bottles of factory sealed wine through DoorDash? Is there a limit?
1: So with your approval, your contract approved through the liquor and cannabis board, and you have and you have approval through us to sell with DoorDash those manufactured seal bottles, there isn't actually a limit. Am I wrong, Jennifer? You're shaking your head. Okay. <laughs> You're muted. I can't hear
3: you. realize that too. (laughs) Thank
2: you. Question from Lori. Confirming as a brewery, do we need to get an endorsement and post signs if we are just doing takeout growlers as we have always been allowed to do or only if we're doing delivery? I, if you're were already allowed to prior to you doing
1: this, then you don't need the endorsement. Okay.
3: Jennifer? Nope, you're right. I just was looking at the next question. Um, okay. Somebody was questioning which WAC expires on July. and that would be 314-03-500, 505 and five ten.
2: Another question for Jennifer back to getting getting back to signatures. Do places like DoorDash have an online signature pad via phone or something that could be sent back to the restaurant bar question mark.
3: Um, You know, I don't know that I think that would be a great thing to require in the contract, though. I'm just saying I, I recognize that when um, I was observing a compliance check, which was unfortunate that they sold, um, it was a DoorDash and they had the iPad signing. And I think I mentioned earlier, I didn't follow up to say, hey, what did they sign? Can I take a look at that? Um, or how they got that back to you. Um, so I, um, it's something that I could, I could foresee you guys writing in the contract of how gathering those up the night and sending them to you guys or something. Um, and Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have my phone on, but when we were doing grocery stores deliveries, they still had to do signatures back then, didn't they? And three three fourteen and so i'm I'm hoping that and I'm maybe that was more of a safe way.
1: I'm looking right now in the delivery for grocery stores. It says um, required information. No, I don't think it does. Okay, because
3: I thought we stole, we took that from a previous.
1: No, it doesn't have signature under the required information.
3: So that's something new. Okay. I don't know that we foresee what a problem this would be.
1: It Yeah, it just ask for the name of the person who is accepting the delivery, the address, time, date. Oh, no, you're right, Jennifer. Carrier must obtain a signature of the person who receives the liquor upon delivery.
3: So we were probably hoping. So we did adopt the language. I kind of thought I remembered that, um, meaning this should have been occurring all along. Um, but I'm not sure it was because we did not do delivery compliance checks um, uh, back then. This was kind of, we didn't really start them until uh, September of 2021, based on um, the survey that's coming out. Um,
1: So what's interesting is it says a private carrier must obtain the signature of the person who receives liquor upon delivery
3: good one we'll have to review those yes ma'am uh
0: there's a question that came in from sarah about does it look possible that there will be legislation to continue to go liquor past uh july 1st 2023 uh sarah i can i can let you know that that's something that our government affairs team at the association is, is working on uh pretty uh, pretty heavily is one of their one of their um topics they're working on this this summer so um so yes there's there's certainly work being done um you know that'll that'll need to go through the legislative process of course but uh, but yeah there are certainly conversations that are that are uh, happening right now to help make that happen
3: just to add to this, and that's why they did do a study. It's due at the end of the year so that they have time to think about and, and look at the results of these, um, of what's occurring now, so that when they go into legislation 2023, they're armed with information. And that's why I mentioned when I sh- talked about compliance checks, we still have an opportunity to turn that around. So if the compliance checks are are um, that we are getting compliance, a higher compliance rate, that's going to look ben- more uh, beneficial for you guys when you're moving forward into uh, legislation
0: next year. And also too, I'll, I'll take this opportunity again to, to promote our fabulous government affairs team that has also been working on um, a lot of the third party delivery issues uh, that, are, that are coming up here today in uh, this discussion is, as well as, as many more, um, you know, with the, with the growth of third party services being offered the last several years, plus the, the pandemic and the rule changes uh, sort of a perfect storm in a sense of a, a lot of new um, practices t- being taken place and um, another one of those situations where sometimes the laws and the rules don't necessarily keep up with uh, with um, what's what's going on um, out in the field and so um, so yeah so there's a um, so several friction points several issues that still need to be worked out I know the government affairs team is having uh, regular conversations uh, with uh, third-party companies that representatives from the third party companies to try to uh, to work some of this out um, either um, either offline or through legislation or through rules or however, um, those conversations are continuing. So lots of lots of great questions coming up here, a lot of lot of uh, sort of known uh, friction points uh, that that we've seen over the last uh, couple of years. and um, we've got a, a dedicated team working on um, helping to to alleviate some of those friction points.
2: Another question. Is there an expiration date for WAC 314.2260, or is this permanent? And that is the permanent rule. And question from Anne: Is there a limit on number of bottles, cans of beer per entree, such as pizza? And there is not a limit on beer. And Jennifer, I'll pass this one to you. What category of, what what category do cans of hard seltzers fall under? Are they like beer or do they fall under the three ounce spirits rule?
3: You're muted, Jennifer. Thanks for the reminder. Um, so I'm sorry, that unless it was distilled, the product was actually distilled, it's gonna fall under the beer category, not um, spirits. Thank you.
2: I don't think that I have any other questions outstanding.
0: Yeah, I was just scrolling through as well. I think we covered everything. Um, there were a lot, so that's that's great. Uh, thanks for asking such great questions. There's a, certainly a lot to this, um, a lot of moving pieces to this policy. Um I think I see any more. Um, I'll ask Lisa to flag if anything has come in that she has seen that we haven't gotten to yet. But I think we have. All right. Um, so, if that is it, um, we will go ahead and we can end this a little bit early. Um, thank you again to our um, guests, Beth, Caitlin, and Jennifer, for joining us from the Liquor and Cannabis Board today. Um, again we will have a copy of a replay of this uh, posted to our website and on um, on YouTube a little bit later today once we get those uh, once we get that uh, uploaded and uh, we're going to capture the the questions here that were that were asked and answered as well as a follow-up with with Jennifer um, on some of those that uh, need some additional follow-up and some additional research uh, before we can uh, uh, before we post those um, Real quickly, just want to promote, uh, do a quick plug for our webinar coming up next month. Uh, the details are still being finalized, so we don't have a specific date or time yet. That'll most likely be later in June, uh, but it's one that you're uh, going to be very interested in. This one is uh, going to be on our uh, financial relief uh, programs that were passed by the legislature uh, this last uh, this last year. Um, Those will be coming online later this summer, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, members have opportunities uh, to to apply for financial relief uh, based on the legislation that was passed uh, in the 2022 legislative session. So if you haven't already, uh, please make sure that you're signed up for our uh, newsletter list so that um, you'll get notified when that webinar is happening and the details and the uh, registration link and all that good stuff. I'll ask Lisa to go ahead and put that uh, email uh, in the chat. Uh, you can email that uh, uh, to that address and just ask that uh, to be added to our uh, newsletter list and we will uh, we'll get you signed up so you can um, stay informed on uh, what's coming up next. So uh, with that, uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you again to our guests. Thank you to Payment Solutions for sponsoring this uh, webinar. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody.